we fell giving, you know. We had favors from all angles, I swear. Treat your vendors well as well. Treat your vendors well. Treat them well. It all is a cycle. Your staff, your customers, your vendors, everybody that has you. This is Business Fever NG Podcast, episode 34. This is a podcast where successful food entrepreneurs in Nigeria share the success stories of how they built their brand and the lessons they learned along the way. Welcome to the show. Our guest today is Isioma from Reds and Greens Butchery. And I'm your host, Olumide from Barbecue and Crazy. So I'm very excited to have you on the show today. Um, I won't say we're neighbors, but like, you know, we're literally in the same area or we were in the same areas initially. I have been following your brand and I'm very impressed with how you're building this. Um, can you tell us, introduce yourself, tell us your background, and then why are you into butchery? Like, what was that initial spark that, or the opportunity you saw that made you get into this and invest heavily in it as well? Okay. So, hello, my name is Isioma Emina. Um, I've actually had a very diverse um, career life. Let me put it like that. Um, I started off, I actually studied the IT in school, as information technology in school. And after leaving school, I first, I had my first job, NYSC, my first job in UBA. So I had my first banking experience, maybe 19, 2000, yes, 2000. Shortly after I left the banking sector, I went to British American Tobacco and um, I worked both in the IT department and I ended up in the facilities management department. Then I left uh, BAT in 2007. I moved over to Guinness, Nigeria, where I, I headed the facility management um, department. Shortly after, I moved into HR general services, where I managed um, employees, uh, employee engagement, so employees that, you know, like, um, um, how would I put it now? Employee recruiting. record. Okay, okay. Yes, recruiting. So we call it engage, manage, exit. So I manage that whole process, including payroll and all that. Then in 2011, I, I moved into sales and I ended my career in the sales uh, function. So I could say that, you know, all the experiences I've had in my, in my, how many years of working actually kind of helped me set up the business that I'm currently running today. Um, in terms of what triggered me, you know, opening a butchery. Um, my experience in sales actually, I think, was a driving force. I managed uh, modern retail. And so I managed the likes of ShopRite, Pastors, and you know, Nationwide. And I saw the opportunity. I saw retail as an emerging market in Nigeria. Even though in other developed countries, retail, you know, retail has been established here you could see in, in not too long ago we only had the stars of this world and ShopRite came on board they banned also you could see the trend growing you know so it was definitely an opportunity area and i just said to myself that okay i don't want to open a supermarket you know what which other parts of you know retail do i need to go into to make a difference and i just thought about okay what takes me to market as a working woman what stresses me out in going to the market is buying your vegetables and your meat because those are the things that take you to the market more often than your groceries. You know, so I said, okay, um, that was where the idea. You know, I vetted the idea from. Okay, how do I manage, you know, this 
that, that um, environment was, you know, in a modern retail form. And I just started doing my research and uh, and I, I, the more I said, I was still working at the point, you know, but I knew that if I stopped work, I wasn't going to go back to paid employment, you know. So I what year was this? This was 20, I think, around 2014, 2013, 2014. Okay. And then I had a, a colleague who was working with me in Guinness, and I just kept telling her that this was what I wanted to do, you know. Something just kept telling me my spirit to do this, you know, to do this. And that was where the idea better. So in 2015, my uh, company did a, like, a redundancy kind of thing, and they said they had nowhere to put me, you know. And I said, okay. And they were giving me some sort of stock landing, you know. So they paid me off, and it was uh, the money they paid me off. With. I I plugged into I I plugged into my idea, and I just started running with it. I just started. So 2015 was when you opened the first stall. The first stall was opened in 2016. So 2016, 2015, I started doing the groundwork. I okay. started training myself. I did some online courses. You know, I started my business planning, you know, looking for investors and partners, you know. So 2016 was my first stop in 2016. Wow. So I guess thank God for the redundancy uh, whatever the process in the office. It was actually like a blessing in disguise because I didn't have the money. (laughs) So I'm even finding that a lot of times when a lot of doors close, like the big doors that we see, Mm -hmm. if we Mm -hmm. like, if we're informed enough, we'll see big opportunities in different exactly. sides. But a lot of yeah. times we just, you know, stay focused on that negative well, aspect and exactly. not see that. Um, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's fantastic yeah. story. So um, mm-hmm. 2013, 2016, that's three years. Yeah. Would yeah. you have, at what point did, were you planning to have done this if your office didn't, you know, fast track that process for you? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have made that bullshit. I would have just continued to work and be miserable. Yeah. Pray, hoping that, you know, because for, for us multinationals, if you don't move to somewhere, if you don't, you know, move to another job, more or less, uh, most people actually hope to have this kind of opportunity for where the company will just tell them, you know what, well, we don't need your services anymore. You've reached the peak of your career. You know, so if, if I, if, they hadn't, if the exercise hadn't happened, I probably would have gone to look for somewhere else if I was tired of working, okay. working in the same place. But I, I really, I, I don't think I would have, I would have taken that bold step of living on my own. I don't think, I really didn't think I would have been able to do it. But, you know, somehow God just made it work. And um, I even recall um, there was a particular church service I went for in that 2015 and there was a visiting pastor in my church. I, can't, I, I, I just need to go to ritual because when I'm giving my testimony, I definitely have to acknowledge that somehow God just planned everything for me. So there was a visiting pastor who, I can't even remember his name. I'm not even sure I know how he looks. But I remember very clearly that day, he said that before the end of this month, I think that was in, uh, I think it was in September, September, October, before the end of this month, someone here would lose her job. Hmm. But God said to tell you, don't be afraid. And my mind just caught, you know, it, it just felt like he was talking to me, you know. And I told my husband about it and I said, I really don't want to lose my job, you know. But I remember the pastor also saying, don't be afraid. Okay, let me leave because I was having issues too in my, in my organization as well, you know. So when, let's, 
this was Sunday. The church service was Sunday by Wednesday. They called me. Wow. Wow. I went, they called me that, so oh, they are sorry. They have to let me go. I read the peak of my career, you know, where they wanted to move me to. I didn't want to, I wasn't interested in that role. So they didn't have a choice, you know, and I just said, no problem, you know, that they were going to pay me off, you know, that they feel, you know, the, all the things that they tell me, but I just keep you straight and said, okay, oh, well, at least I was prepared for it one way or the other. You know? So I, I just counted my losses and I moved on. So my husband now said to me to just um, lie low. I shouldn't think about anything. I should just first relax. So from October to December, we even went on a holiday. We had planned to go on a holiday that year. So we still, we still you know, followed through with all our plans. And when we came back in January, that was when, you know, I now really started the training. You know, I just started getting myself ready, you know, to, to launch, launch the stuff. And thank God, it's been it's been an amazing journey. It has been, it has been. Even with challenges that has opened up other opportunities that I'm sure you wouldn't get into as we go along. Exactly, exactly. So just right now, I have a, a whole lot of my ex colleagues all wanting to know. How did you do? Maybe this podcast might give them an idea of pretty much. Uh, you know, what inspired and how you're able to like you know build in sort of short, such a short period of time. So yeah. just, I'm trying to go deep a little bit. So between 2015 and 2016, you did your research. Did yeah. you hire a consultant? No, I had, no, okay. I didn't hire a consultant. Okay. I did every single thing by myself. Yes. What you were you able to get thing, information? Because it's is, not like we have like libraries here that have all these details. So like, what, what, how are you able to like, uh, what was okay, the... Okay, so I, I swear to you, the internet is such a powerful tool that I think we just underestimate the power of that. So I just sat down. I wasn't doing anything. I really wasn't doing anything. I had um, one other young cousin of mine who was who I brought on board and said to him, this is what I want to do. And he said, oh, it sounds interesting. It can help me put together a business plan. So that's how we just started researching, looking, reading, you know. I did a course online. First course I did was, how do I handle meat? You know, so from there, you know, different Different things, just different avenues. You different, different things just kept coming, and we research, 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 research. My husband also being a very technical person, based on the training and all the researches we've done, we also visited other um, butcheries when we traveled to, to have the opportunity okay. to visit and see how how they set up. You know, so he being technical, he helped with. Okay, this is how we envisage the first store would look. You know, before we even long before we even got the seat, you know. So it was just a collection of different people doing different things. But we knew definitely that this was where we were going to go. So the first step was getting that business uh, plan out, you know. That helped us know the scaling of what we wanted to do and tentative how much we would be required to do. Then okay. with that business plan, we went out looking for other people who bought into, who saw the value in what we wanted to push and see if they could also financially support us because it was a lot of money. I can imagine because you know? I'm going to touch on that next yes. because so my question is, um, is you have, I'm, I'm guessing you have investors in this business now, right? Yes, we do, yes. Would you have done it without investors and then why did you, why didn't you just start small and then grow into it? I'm just, you know, again, okay. 
Yeah, it's it's a fair question because there are different okay. ways to go, go business. Like what you've done right no, now okay. is a perfect way because it's legit from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, it's legit. It's like standard. So everyone would appreciate yeah. that and then you'll grow fast as well, you know, and yeah. then you're obviously able to like, you know, expand and then get the right equipment and all that. So, but mm-hmm. I'm always curious, like, you know, once you inv- once you have investors in the beginning, there's more pressure. You yeah. know, in fact, you're, you're now an employee again, whether you like it yeah. or not, you know, so yeah, exactly. why exactly did you go down that route? And could you have done okay, it without um, investors? So, um, I'll go back to church again. <laughs> My church organized some sort of um, workshop for entrepreneurs and I sat in their Greek workshop prior to us opening. And uh, I remember led the session in that um, that workshop. And when she, you know, she was going around and asking people what she wanted to do, you know, and she would kind of challenge you. And I remember her saying clearly to me, it was such a good idea to run a butchery, but make sure you create a niche for yourself. Set yourself apart. So that singular statement she made to me made me come back and really think, okay, what do I want to do differently in that space? What, how do I set myself apart from a regular cold room that you see and everything? And I think that was where... The investment taking a risk, yes, taking a risk on let's let's do this, let's do this. And because I had done a course in on uh, on meat handling, I knew what the 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 standard practice was for what you know when you set up a facility like that. So that helped me really start thinking and shaping with my husband being a technical person. We have to do it like this, we just have to do it right so that it's not just. It's just not just anyhow. And we also now started thinking, okay, who are our target audience? Who do we want to target with the, the facility that we want to set up? That also helps us inform the decision on scale. Do you understand? We also talked about um in terms of logistics challenges, we talked about um um you know, if you if you're going to partner with farmers, what are the challenges you're going to have when they're bringing produce to you? So all that what that you know, before we now decided the scale in which we wanted to change. Okay. So once we had the business plan out and out, we went looking for investors. Okay, that's see what we want to do. This is the idea. And almost everybody we went to. And we selected our investors. We also selected our investors. We were tactical in selecting our investors. We selected investors who could, on their own, also bring value to the business. So we have an accountant. We have a season sales salesperson. We have a medical doctor. You know, so we went around selecting because we also wanted each and every one of them. You're to building have a very strong team. Yes, we built a very day. strong team. Okay. Yes. That was so my next they, we challenge each other. Okay. We challenge each other. You know, they bring ideas. The ones who can do training at on their when they are free, you know, come and train the staff on their own. So we we we, we actually built we built a strong team. We really we really built a strong team. Fantastic. I, I think, yeah. um, okay, I think that's great. Um, so this next question, I'm, I'm sure, and I'm, I'm not sure how much, you know, transparency you, you can have on this. Okay. But like, um, if someone was to open a, bit, a butcher like yours right now, like the first location mm-hmm. you had, how much should mm-hmm. they expect to invest in in structure, in equipment and everything, just to so have an idea of, of um, um, starting? If I, if, if I'm to wear the hat of how much we spent in setting up, I would say we set we use we spent about we should have spent close to eighteen hundred million to set up the first facility we have. But really, it doesn't really need to be that big. 
you know, and that's the honest truth. It depend. It all depends on the vision the person has. Do you get? With food, you can never go wrong. With food, you can never go wrong. For me, what I what I realized with running the facility I run that different things things different things mean different things to people. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to yes, say. So for me, working in here is is not. It may not just be about what I sell. Yeah. It could just be the environment. It could be. The, it could be the, the fact that I can Mr. come Brown, in here. The, yeah. Exactly. So it, it means different things to different people. So first, you just need to first know who you want to target. You know, and... Who are you targeting? Take your people. Married women, corporate women. Interestingly, we were actually we, we actually targeted wholesalers more than even retailers. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, 80% of our business plan is wholesalers. Even right now? Well, 20%. Yes. Right now. Define wholesalers. Yes. So okay. wholesalers. So we target for us our biggest clients are we want schools. Okay. Because schools are particular about hygiene, they are dealing with children, they want to be sure where they are buying their food stuff. So sometimes it's really not about just it's not just about the, the just buying meat. So for us, we wanted to B2B, business-to-business accounts. That, 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 so that, this that, is from day it. one. This is the idea you had from yes, the beginning. Yes, from day one. So it's who's the salesperson? Because I think I'm seeing the business strategy right now, and I think it's amazing. You know, because a lot of business is like, okay, where is your a cold room? Or is it a market somewhere? Okay, I can't say. I mean, so like the, the fact that you, you've, mm-hmm. you've, you've done up the place elevates you yes. to a level where most businesses are, I would not be reluctant to do business with you because yes, you, you're meeting the yes. standards. You know, I yes. think that's amazing. Um, yes. But you also have to have like a sales team to make sure that you're getting those clients. So like, how are you able to get the, are you the one doing the sales team as well? Sales or you have, um, you built a team I around don't, I don't, I don't have a sales team yet. But you see, what has also worked for me because I've, I've been a salesperson. I worked in my final career. I was, uh, I was a sales, I was a salesman for a while. So it wasn't easy. It wasn't difficult for me to. Get those accounts. So, for example, I'll give you an example. I I I used to supply light animals to shoprite, and because I manage shoprite accounts, when I went to pitch to them that I was opening these, in fact, they actually one of their um, one of their procurement people, their buyers, the South African guy, he was also very instrumental in helping me. You know, if you might think about meat costs, and he helped me. He helped me put all that together. And this is because when I worked with them, I gave them my all. So I built that trust and friendship with them. So it was so easy when I went to pitch to them. The guy just said to me, Shema, from you, I have no problem. And they gave me an LPO. In fact, they gave me several LPOs. At the end of the day, I couldn't even meet you. Oh, I needed wow. too much capital. Yes. At a point, they needed them. I, I needed to supply them 30 life animals weekly in their Ikene, in their Ikene, uh, in their Ikene farm, master me. And I couldn't meet it. Because at that point, too, I needed the working capital I needed was a lot. And because we're new, banks were not, um, were not willing to take the risk or not. So we did a couple. But I, I couldn't even meet the volume of what they wanted me to do. You know, but all that was because I had built that trust and that, you know, that trust and friendship with them while I worked with them. So what I always advise people is, if... If work shouldn't be work, just look at it like it's a learning opportunity because you never know when you need this contact. You never know when you need when you need that opportunity, and you'll miss it. That's the, 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 that's wow. a clear cut example. Yeah, you miss it. So 
it was so easy for me to walk into those places and they just it was easy for them to give me an LPU because they, they had seen me work for a Guinness Nigeria managing them and I, I managed them like I would have managed, you know, would have managed my own company. So it was easy for them to close their eye and trust that, you know what, okay. we won't have a problem with this, with this person. Yes. I'm impressed because I, yes. I would have thought that you were dealing with like, you know, individual customers one at a time. You know, and there's, a, there's more headache in that, honestly. But um, the fact that you're doing B2B, it clears yes. up inventory for you. You know, money turns over a lot faster. And then, um, yes. so that's, I think that's amazing. That, that's pretty yes. amazing. Out of curiosity now, how many investors are in this business now? How many? Investors do you have in this business? Um, total, uh, we're five. Okay. Are you, gonna, yes. are, you, are you going to leave it as that or at some point for more expansion? You're, you're looking... Oh, definitely. For- we're looking definitely with expansion because um, Ni- Nigerians are ready for the kind of for the, the right. kind of yeah. facility. Yes. So from from the little time we spend doing this, it's obvious that Nigerians are ready for it. And if we need to expand with scale, we definitely will need them. Okay. Yes. Need um, At a point, we also we were also thinking about franchising. So, yeah. but we're also working how the modalities. Also bearing in mind other case studies, other companies who have done this and succeeded, other companies who have done this and failed, and trying to see. So we're still working through the mechanics of if we're going to franchise, how do we want to do it? Because for us, we want to be like a Tyson food in the U.S. You know how big Tyson food Yeah, is? okay, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. But then another yeah. angle you can do is just supply grocery stores with your, with your brand new products. Yes. So you don't yes. you're not worried about the facilities and staff. Exactly. You just get exactly. a freezer and supply but, them. Agreed. But even if we have facilities, it doesn't necessarily need to be up. It could still be our brand, but serious minded people running those facilities and we just feeding into them. So these are some things we are still, you know, playing around That's in right. our head. Okay. Yes, because we also don't want to kill the brand. The brand is still new, it's still growing, you know, but we want to get to a tight food level. That's the level we want to play. So they also they farm as well work. to donate farm? So we right now what we're doing too is working directly with farmers. Okay. So with time, we're also going to have, especially the, the poultry environment. We could have farmers. Nothing stops us from giving them our own breeding pets. And they breed, they breed the product. Yes, yes. Feed and everything. So it's consistent. The quality, the fluttering, the breeding, everything is consistent. That's our dream. That we want to build a sustainable business. The last yes. question I want to ask on this topic, don't go on other things. Is um, do you, I guess you and your husband, uh, you guys both work in the business, or just you're the only, only one who works in the business? He's just a partner. No, both of us. Both, both of, of us guys work, work. and this is full time yes. for both yes. both of you. Not full time for him, but full time for me. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. with your investors, like, do, do you guys still own majority shares in the business, or yes. it's equal? Yes. No, no. Myself and my husband own majority. majority. Shares. Oh, you see, the, majority the, my more than has, 60%? No, majority more than 50%. Yeah. Okay. About uh, maybe like, I think 51. Yeah. 51%. Yeah. Okay. Well, you see, the, the thing about it is that I also have very amazing. And col- collaboration is, I think, is the way to go. You know, before now, I would say Nigerians are not trusting. But you see, I've had people. You know, my investors who gave me money blindly without even signing paper. 
you know. So it speaks to the kind of people they are, and also it speaks to the kind the of relationship I have with them. Also, the kind of person yes. you are too, because they trust you yes. enough and based on your your track record. Exactly. So, so for me, they've put, they've given me some sort of big shoe to wear, and God helping me, I would not ever break that trust because they don't even ask me what's going on. You know, from time to time, they look at the books. We have. We have issues once in a while. They bail us out, you know. They've just been amazing. And um, it, it's, I, I couldn't have selected another group of people. I couldn't have. Okay. So in five, what's, what's your goal in five years' time? Where would you see reds and green? In five years' time, yes. where would I see reds and green? I would see reds and green outkept somewhere with a massive food and meat warehouse and logistics, high-end logistics uh, chain, you know, just moving meat within Nigeria. That's yeah. why I see in five years. That's my dream. That's moving meat. Yes, within, within Nigeria. Right now, I still move within Nigeria because I take, I take products product out of Lagos, you know. But, you know, I just, you know, I, like I said to you, the pricing food that I'm targeting, pricing food. That's my. It's not bigger than Tyson food. That's my spec. That's that's why it's really right and green. Can you describe your typical work day? Oh. Do you work on my typical you work on Sundays, right? No, we open on Sundays. So you open every day. We of the work week. every day. Yeah, okay, so we run a service now. We are a service industry. Man, no be Man, be Man must yeah. rest. So what's your work day like? So what's what's your? Give me an example of like a, a work day. Like okay, so day. I wake up in the morning. I wake up so like, like this morning I've woken up. If I need to do some paperwork, I catch up on paperwork while on my bed. Um, then I come to our first outlet in Ikota, spend time with them, look at their books, look at the talk to them, the issues they have, you know, have like a small short meeting with them. By midday, I set out to our lucky office. I work most of the time because the lucky office is a newer, is a newer office. So. I'm trying to build my relationship with my build a relationship with my customers. So meeting new people, talking to them about our needs and all that. While we're also still working back into setup. So we haven't concluded setting up Lekki, but we just needed to open because we're spending so much uh, money on the on the facility. So we're still doing some back end work. Then meet with my suppliers. Try so today I'm working on um this whole week I'm working on um uh, processing guideline, you know. So we have our own our, our own specified way of processing. So I'm putting it into a document form. So it becomes like an operational manual, yes. you know, so standard. that my people are consistent. Yes, the standard, you know. So that's what I'm working on with my inventory person, you know. I don't have a lot of staff yet because um, because of the yeah, because of the expansion, we spend so much money. So I'm just trying to lie low as best as possible. I was just saying to myself this morning that I think I'll break down if I continue like this. I need, I need, I actually do need help. So you work every day? I work every day. Every so when, day. when do you close? When is the, when is the last, uh, when do you shut the doors? So the store closes at 9. 9 p.m. My husband, 9 p.m. My husband now goes through the books and everything that close out reports and all. While I try to catch up, do all my banking. I don't do, I try not to do banking anything during the day because the distractions are a lot. So I know all the things I need to pay, I start to pay all the things I need to do, all the emails I need to answer. It's actually after nine. So yesterday we got home, let's say, to 11. Wow. We left Lekki and got home to 11, yes. Do people buying products between 7.30 and 9 o'clock? 
I even think that's when we have our heaviest traffic because people close from work. So they are coming back. So when do you open then? We open at 9, 9 a.m. So we have early beds and late beds. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So it's probably going to be tough to try to figure out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you see, the thing is, you don't let, you can, it depends on how people have their different working styles. I probably am used to, even when I was working, I, I work like this, normal. So I think I consider myself a workaholic by choice. Sometimes you see me uh, busy, I'll swap around and it's only at night. You know, you have some people have their times where they, they are, they are most efficient. That's yes, true. exactly. I think mine is at the close of work or early morning. So anytime in between, I'm, I'm busy fraternizing and, you know, just doing some kind of engagement work in the middle, midpoint, talking to my staff, going to my staff. So yesterday, we kept sampling, you know, different mixes of, you know, meat, for example. You know, we also play around with the pricing. You know, how do we make pricing more favorable? Are we overpriced? So all those things take up my time during I'm very involved in those things. You know, I don't I don't I don't relinquish that responsibility to anybody else. So my uh, my partner who is a who is a um, seasoned uh, finance person, she developed a template for us. Okay. We have auditors who developed a template for inventory management. So okay. all that yeah, because meat is not you know, you're not buying milo. 18 of Milo, exactly. So mix, different composition, animal composition, different cutting style. So we do a lot of data analysis. It, it's unbelievable. I Sometimes I wonder if ShopRite actually does this level. <laughs> the kind of number, I'm telling you, yeah. the kind of numbers, even from what, what you receive, you have a cutting loss, hanging loss, freezing loss. Just is the kind of math we do on mix. Is on board because I, we want to get it right. We want to get it right because if we know if we don't get it right, if your inventory is not correct, you can't scale up. You can't. You can't scale up. And you'll be you making losses, and you won't realize until you're making that you can't explain. Yes, we even till today, of my with the auditors, they are still trying to understand why. Where is this loss? We've applied all this. We've used science. We've used facts. So where is this one coming from? We're still. We're still in that. We're still in that. In that space. That's, that's amazing. What's the worst mm-hmm. entrepreneur moment you've had? The worst moment I've had. Worst entrepreneur moment. These people now, when your staff want to run you mad. <laughs> <laughs> when when they make ten steps forward, then one day they go five hundred steps back. <laughs> God, <laughs> you know that is tough. But you, you see, luckily, I've been blessed because. My core staff, who are my butchers, they've been with me since we started this journey. So we're all growing. We've been growing together. So, you know, it's like your child. You just, what do I do with this child this morning now? You know, you know, we fight, we quarrel, but they, they have good hearts. So I try and balance. I try. Sometimes the, the errors are costly, but, you know, from, from a space, they didn't mean it from a space of uh, um, malice. It was from a state of really not knowing, you know. So we now take it from there. How do we now make sure it doesn't happen again, you know? So staff, staff, staffing issue. And because I deal with a lot of unskilled, yeah, unskilled people who don't understand rule of law, who don't understand that 8 a.m. is 8 a.m., who don't understand that your one hour, that one hour can cost me a whole day. Yeah. They don't get it. 
Yeah. They absolutely don't have it. Do you want to so touch on the experience it. you have with the with the first location you have, or that's something that um? Sorry, know. what did you say? Do you want to touch on the experience you had with the first location, as far as um you having to um? Okay, um. So I, would, the, I, would, I would thought that would have been your worst mm-hmm. entrepreneurial moment, but it's good thing that you're saying it's employees because it means that you you've overcome that very uh, stressful period because yeah. you know that's yeah, almost it, everybody's nightmare, by the way. Yes. Everything that has happened, like I said to you, everything that has happened, just God. You know, when I say that pastor that said to me, don't be afraid. I hold on to that. Of course, sometimes I have my moment of fear. I'm a human being, you know. I have my moment of fear. But that singular um, um, pastor's um, word that day, God said, don't be afraid. It, it kind of brings me back, you know, when I want to be afraid. So when we, when we got the first location we had in Ikota, Perfect location because we needed a space where we could build a multi, a multi-purpose build, put up a multi-purpose building. So the location we got in Ikota was just a small bungalow, but had ample space. You know, the, the person hadn't built it up. So um, we had an agreement, five years lease. We're going to run a butchery commercial, and they gave us the go ahead, and we went up and put up the structure we put there. Um, we operated 2016. We started, um, I think, um, June 2016. December 2017, from nowhere, we had a fire. Just, you know, something very, till today, it's still, it's still a mystery. And our fertility that we had put in, sweat, blood, everything, just raised down, you know. That was the first um, major setback that we had as a business. Oh my God, I thought I thought I would die, you know. I was literally shaking, like this, shaking, shaking, shaking. I cried, I said, God, all the money, everything that was put into this place, you know, just down the drain. And I remember my cousin, that night, when the, after the, the building got born, 2 p.m. So she came to see me and she said to me, Sioma, you must not shut down. And I was looking at her, I was like, are you crazy? I must not show that. Everything has burnt. No generator, no light, no water. You know, my cold room down, you know. She was like, it wasn't shut down. Then a customer came who didn't even know what happened to buy eggs. And she was horrified when she entered. What happened? What happened? What happened? You know, and she, she said to me, ah, she was only coming to buy egg. Oh, I was there miserable. My cousin said she has egg. And she carried two crates of eggs that hadn't burnt and gave the woman. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. She carried the two eggs and gave the woman and said to her, Take, you know, and said to me, so you must not, you must not close down. That night, my my older sister who had a spare generator in her house moved the generator she had into hmm. into the premises. The next morning, this happened on a Wednesday. So on Thursday, my husband called the electrical person. Luckily, when the thing burned, because we had used very um, standard cables and all. The cables actually didn't burn. So he was able to extract the cable from the ground and set up that other generator and the generator just came up. So by the, by the very next day, we had power and water. What, um, the third day, my husband went and bought a canopy and we set up a canopy outside and that's how we, we resumed operations. That the very two, two days later, we just resumed operations. We now started selling. I hadn't sold like I've sold that December and it was a peak of Christmas. The sales we made that that December, I hadn't made it in all the one and a something years we had wow. been in the future. 
Oh my God. The support we got, our customers rallied around us. Some even that we hadn't met gave us financial assistance. Ah, the Nigerians are good people. The ones who were like architects, had workers and laborers offer their services free of charge to help us set up. So the fire happened on the 6th of December. 8th of December, we resumed sales. Then we had another another um, partner, a farmer partner of ours, who had a cold room in a, towards the toll gate, who had never ever powered on the cold room. He powered on the cold room and told us to evacuate all our products and come and put it inside his cold room and come and use his space you know, wow. that near the toll gate to co continue to work here because we had one order for almost a 10 million worth uh, order for meat for one company. So they, she told us to come and continue using his space to do that order. Then Chief Arms came with their refrigerator truck and evacuated all that we had and moved it to that location for us. Wow. So we now, yeah, we're now left with some <laughs> telling you amazing stories. Oh my God, amazing! I tell everybody, I'm I'm a very shy person, so but I tell everybody who cares to know that this is what God did for us. Then, um, by the twenty third of December, so the fire was sixth of December. Twenty third of December, we had rebuilt that whole. Then we had an accounts officer who had um, a, um, a, a a customer who import generator. So she was able to get the guy to give us generator and stand a shorty for us. So the guy gave us because the generator my sister brought was for the smaller one. So he 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 gave us a brand new sixty five kVA generator and told us to pay over time. You know, it was just just God showed up for us. I'm telling you. Got by twenty third of December, we were up and running. We we're back inside that building. That building that burned down, that raised down. We we're back inside that building. I think one of the things I'm taking away from this is you have to, as you, you journey through life, invest in people and be good to people because it will come back oh, around. It will um, come back around. That's it. This, is, this is what you're saying right now because, oh my you know, God. Um, and it's an amazing story because people sometimes don't, they don't value relationships unless they can gain something from it immediately. But oh that's my. not how to approach it, you know. Um, and and cause I remember coming to you when there was a, another butchery trying to open up down the road from us to say yeah. heads up or this is going to happen. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it's good to have that good energy out because over time, when, I won't say when we're needy, but like people will come to us when they know we're genuine and we can, and um, they've they seen where we're coming from as far as, you know, how honest or how hardworking we are. And I think your yeah. story is amazing yeah. and, and I'm happy, oh I'm happy for that. God showed up, I swear. God showed up. And that's not the end of the testimony. My story is very long. <laughs> then, when we came back, shortly after, my landlady, who often had been stressing us, and said we needed to move. Quick notice. After testing us. <laughs> then another important fact, too. We also, like, like I said to you, because we wanted to run things properly, we also got insurance. So insurance also paid an instrumental part in, in um, paying us back for all the losses that we had. So insurance is very important. In as much as we, we look at it and say, oh, uh, God forbid, God forbid, God forbid, you know, my dear, if the insurance wasn't also there, I don't know what could have happened. So the insurance also gave us some sort of double reassurance that, you know what, we put everything we need to put in place, you know, you leave the rest to God. And he, he, they showed, he showed up, completely showed up. If, even though 
we set we put the place back up long before insurance paid us. You know, but for the fact that we had insurance, he gave us some support. Then your, our vendors also showed up for us. So we had vendors who started sending products. It was the peak of Christmas, December. Who started sending products to us? He didn't collect money on credit. Sell when you sell, give me. Sell, give me. You know, we had favors from all angles. I swear, treat your vendors well as well. Treat your vendors well. Treat them well. It all is a cycle. Your staff. Your customers, your vendor, everybody that has, you know, that is a stakeholder, all stakeholders in your business. They can, one cannot operate without the other. So that is one thing I want every entrepreneur to please take out from this conversation. Treat people well. It's very important. That relationship is very, very important. Very. And we had, I had a customer who I hadn't met. So I haven't met her. I hadn't met her when we had the fire. She sent us 200000 into the account. Wow. I'm telling you. I hadn't met her. But she had the story talks that she sent. We had, in fact, they showed up for us. You know, so customer service, personality, everything, all of them, they add up. You know, so it's a lovely country. Shortly after, we now, landlady asked us to go. We took her to court, you know, to try and see if it would make her change her mind. She didn't bulge. At a point, she got the building people who came and sealed us up. She now said, at the end of the day, the property is not ours. You know, we had built, thankfully, our brand. We had already consolidated our brand names within within that environment. And we said, okay, this this is the way it will be now. Father, lead again. So we started looking for property. And shortly after, we got the property that we had in Lekki and got another one right across the place the landlady asked us to move from. So in November, again, last year, we evacuated to two places, two places. So it just feels like the business hasn't settled. But you know what? The prospects are there. You know, for anybody who wants to, you know, do not despair. So long as you know your vision, you know your dream, you know what you are going out for. Myself myself and my husband, we only have one car. You know, it's been tough, you know, but we know where, we know the vision we want to build for ourselves. We see the prospects, you know, and we know with time, God will reward, God will reward our hard work. Definitely. So, Yes, God reward our hard work. So don't tarry. Yeah, I mean, this you said a lot of stuff because the questions I would ask, but you just you answered them. I got an SMS from my, um, I think the insurance company today saying, "Oh, my insurance is due again in March." I'm like, "How much is it?" She sends me a message. I'm thinking, "Ah, crap. Wait, should I pay it or not pay it off?" And oh, definitely. I mean, even after this right now, and everybody, everybody we've spoken to, maybe like fifty, sixty entrepreneurs. I'm not sure we've touched on this need to have insurance. I did it because I figured, why not? I mean, I've been here for five years. I have all these assets. It doesn't make sense not to just insure it, you know. Even if nothing happens, you know. Yes. But, you, but at the point when it happens, are you able to bounce back? And I think this is probably one of the most important things you've said it, yes. is to make sure that you're protecting all your hard work. And we exactly. tend to, you know, not think about like we are that. very spiritual. <laughs> we try to be very spiritual, but you know, it's a reality. Nobody prays, especially in this country where there are so many things you can't control. You can't control the kind of light the Nepal gives you. You can't control it. You can't control the man who is driving on the road, who does you know if he doesn't have brakes and he's driving on the road. So there are so many things. 
the the insurance that year, and I remember I was a customer of mine who also stressed me. She she literally stressed me at a point. She was a user. Madame, you must do this insurance with me. For her, it was her meeting her target. For me, true. it was like, uh, yeah, for me, well, I was like, I even said to her, I don't have the time. You can see I don't have an admin person. She came to my office, sat down, and she, she filed it. She would tell me, okay, show me the file that has this traffic. She was the one literally going through it. And she pushed in that insurance for us. We paid, I even said to her, I don't have money to pay one. Insurance was maybe like 200 and something thousand. She collected two checks from me. Two checks. Two post-dated checks. Can you imagine? So I paid 200 and something thousand twice. And the loss that we incurred, insurance paid us back close to 10 million. Close to 10 million for 200 and something thousand. Uh-uh. In fact, when the fire happened and she came, I didn't even remember. You know, some things you don't just take for granted. You yeah. just take for granted. Yeah. When she was filing the insurance, she told me, Madam, put stock on my mind. I'm like, stock, okay, again, put stock, insure. I didn't even remember that we had insured. So all the needs that I had lost, that bought in the, during the fire, insurance replaced them for me. Full value. Full what value. What insurance company was I, this? Is that a bank? It was Mansard. Mansard. Okay. Yes. Okay. Again, I, I think this is something that I'm, I'm going to even process again, but I think it's amazing that um, you touched on this because, you know, it, all the hard work and then the Nigeria factor that comes in, and even though it's annoying to patients up front, but it covers events so such as, such as yeah. this. Okay, great. So um, can you recommend, because I'm heading towards the end of the, of the interview, and again, this is... I'm more chargeable about this interview than other ones I have had before because a lot of things you're saying, I think the listeners can really take a lot from this, you know, the spirituality aspect, the perseverance Mm -hmm. aspect, you know, the research and then the hard work itself. And then every time you hit a stumble block, like I said, you know, you can either think, oh crap, this is it for me. And then also like, which is key, like you had people rally around you to support you, even people you've never met before. And that yeah. tells you, it's like, almost like, this is destined to be great. Like, at this point, I'm like, okay, this is destined to be great because if they didn't see value in this business, they would not invest in you, you know? Exactly. So I think that's yeah. also, and even though you're, and you also touched on the fact that our suppliers are also our partners as well. And mm-hmm. even though sometimes they don't see that, I, I fight some of my suppliers because they don't realize that the bigger I get, the more money they're making because we're growing together, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's good to have that relationship where they know they need yeah. you and you also need them as well too. And they can exactly. always extend you credit to make sure that you can mm-hmm. ride through whatever rough patch it is that you have. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Can you recommend a book? If, you, if you're the book person, I'm not sure. Are you, I don't think you like I'm not a book person. I, I, I'm don't not surprised. Don't even tell me to recommend book <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not a book person. But, but, but the thing is, the other thing that has helped you a lot is the is a high level training you've had in all your jobs. You yes, know, um, exactly. and you know the other thing is most entrepreneurs may not have that opportunity to work for multinationals and be well trained mm-hmm. like that. So we end up, you know, picking up books here and there to kind of like you know fast track that process. You mm-hmm. know, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's okay. I, mean, I don't know which book is. Just go online. Yeah, yeah, is online. online. <laughs> so just use your keyword search. You will say materials will come up and you know just keep the important thing is to just keep yourself abreast of what's happening in the industry. Whatever industry you're playing in, you know. So 
I'm not a book person. You won't see me sit down and read books. But I will do research. I will go online. I will research articles, YouTube videos. Because for the kind of job I do, I need to do a lot of practical. My butchers, the butchers I use in my store are all from Agege. They're the ones cutting all the steak cuts and all. You okay. it, it, yes, they, they may not know the names. They may not know the continental names. But just show them the picture because they are skilled in what they do. You know, and the internet is available to teach you anything that you want to learn. So the first step starts with you hung, being hungry to want to know more around the space where you work. Nobody can, nobody, I can't, I can't, I can't give it to you on a platter of gold. It has to first start with you. Then every other thing, even for conversations that you have with people, you may just, if you have an interest in something, from listening to the person already in your head, you are picking up one or two things that will, will benefit you. Yeah. You know, that that's just the simple way it is, this, you know, the, the reality of life. It has to start with you. Yeah. So you can't, somebody can't give you the blueprint of her business, for example, and you think you can run with it. It, it, won't, it won't work. Is the business profitable now? Yes. Yeah. Um, is it profitable now? No. Are you on because salary? I figured, I know why yes, it's not, it, it, it can be profitable now. It's a lot of in, yes. initial investment. So. Because of the move, exactly. Yeah. Oh. But if, am I on salary? Yes. Okay, that's Do cool. I get paid every month? Hell no. But my, my staff <laughs> get paid every month. So the business owes so me. Let me let, okay. <laughs> the truth is, you, you, you have enough experience. I'm not sure I can give you any kind of advice. But I, I would say <laughs> that, <laughs> that one of the key things you have to do right now is find people to replace you. And even if it means paying them yeah. enough, but you have to do that because mm-hmm. um, there's a book that, you know, it's a good book. It's called E-Myth and it speaks about three different categories of like the journey we're mm-hmm. on. We're a technician initially, which means we know how to do something. Then we, then we mm-hmm. become the manager. Then we become the entrepreneur. Okay. Um, for as long as you're on the floor, pretty much like working in the business, like Mm-hmm. There are a lot of opportunities that you're not really seeing on how to Agreed. like fix 100%. things. Agreed. And um, yeah. even right now, I'm here right now. I'm in the house. I have employees in the office doing the stuff that I hate to do, but I would have had to do if I didn't have them there. So I would I say agree. that um, there was a, some restaurateur who said there were five stakeholders. The first one was the employees. Yeah. I think second one was maybe your customers. Then your mm-hmm. ve- then maybe like your vendors or your your partners and maybe like your investors. I forget how and maybe the government was the last one, but employees okay. are probably the most important aspect of all this for you. And yeah. the, the 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 stumbling block we we come across as entrepreneurs is we love something but then it now becomes a job, and that's not different from the job we just left. At yeah. the end of the day, Agreed. you know. So how do you make sure Agreed. it's not a job where you stay in that creative zone where you're creating your 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 interaction. I I personally think the reason why you're also amazing is because of your personality in that business. So customers are coming, they're seeing you, they know this is genuine. They're talking, they're vibing with you. Now, at the end of the day, you're going back to do work that drains you. So there'll be a day where you now come to work thinking, "Oh crap, customer is here. I don't talk to customer because you have and you have to save that energy for like maybe like long hours you're gonna do in doing the book." So my recommendation is. Invest in employees now and start yeah. doing a brain dump because you're, you're a bigger asset to the business on the highest level than on mm-hmm. the physical exerting level. You know, yeah. um, and I, I think that's uh, 
and there's yeah, no easy way people. about that because our Nigerian employees are amazing people <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah, very correct. <laughs> but um, th- that's it. I feel and it completely. That, that is it. But um, I, I, I actually also need to free myself to even do strategy because I'm so swamped with the everyday official work. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah so. Before now, it would, I, I'm also somebody who is, I find it difficult to let go. But you see, because I now have two stores, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. So I employed, <laughs> yeah, so I didn't have a choice. Yeah. So that also helped me. I employed one amazing lady who is running my Ikota store. And, okay. and I did, how I even got her was customer reference. I, I'm very big on people. Once you tell me that this person, because I know you as a customer, I've interacted with you, I can. I can gauge when you say this person is good, this person is good. And the customer told me, Madam, I'll bring one person for you. She's very good. And she's been working with me for two months now, handling this, our smaller store. And I can go to sleep with her. I can go to sleep with her. And what even made me more interested is, I said, to, I, I, when I was interviewing her, she had said to me she had run a cold on her own before. And I said to her, that even makes you more interesting for me to hire because I'm looking for people who would eventually run with our brand name, but who are interested in what they do. So I said to her, if, if you work with me, one thing I can assure you, if you want to set up your own eventually, this is a good training, free training ground for you. Yeah. Because all the things you failed, you know, that, that, you, that failed you when you had your own, you correct them now. Yeah. You will see what you did wrong and correct it. So on her own, she understands the value in working in this way because she said she wants to go back eventually and do that business. Nothing stops us from franchising it to her. Yeah. So nothing stops us from even selling this branch in a, in many in maybe one two years to come to her still operating under red and green. Nothing stops it from happening. That's Which true. Which still goes back to that point I raised that anywhere you see yourself, don't regard that place as a job as a as work. Take it as a training ground because you never know when it will come in handy. You never know. Do you listen to podcasts? Hey? Do you listen to podcasts? I do. Once in a while, yes. Okay, good. Make it more than once in a while because... It's something that you can play in back of your, like you can play while you're doing other activities. Yeah. You know, yeah. just like the earphones while you're doing other activities that you, you'll pick things here and there. But uh, this is this is amazing. This is amazing. Um, thank you very much thank for coming you. to the show, man. I'm excited that uh, you. you shared all this information with us, and I'm hoping that you know um, people will obviously get inspired by your story, and then they're thank also you. going to you know understand what it takes to actually grow a business in Nigeria. So, congrats on all your successes. Thank you. And I'm thank sure you. I'll thank see. You. I'll, I'll stop by your lucky office at some point. Also. No problem. Thank right, you great. very much. Great. Have a wonderful thank day. You. All right, ciao. You too. Bye. Bye. If you like our show and you want to know more, please check out businessfeverng.com. Share the link with your friends. Leave us a review on iTunes. Join us again on Monday for a new podcast. Thank you.